Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Hey everybody, excited to be back with you, bringing you another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Wagner. Uh, just wanted to reach out to everybody that has reached out to us in response to our previous episode, episode 134, about processing grief. Um, the response has been really cool. Namely, we've just heard that people needed it. And that is the hope always in these conversations is that it shows up at a time when people need it. The thing I would say to all of you is I also needed it. It was incredibly valuable for me to process with John in that way and to, I don't know, just just have some time to speak to what it was we were actually feeling and going through and to not feel so alone in that. I've said it before. I will say it again. I say it relatively often. We are made for community. We are made to work in concert with one another, to, to share in the good times and the bad together, to live and grow with one another. And the best of these things are done by seeing other people do it, by by having a model that you trust and then peers that you can process with. And so uh, that episode was, was really powerful for, for us. And, and we've heard really cool response that it's been powerful for some of you as well. I hope to continue to bring that to you as consistently as possible. Today's episode is also a member of my pretty close-knit community. Um, Shay McKibben is our guest today. She is a, um, a business owner with my sister-in-law, actually, and they they run a thing called The Lettery Studio. And I've always loved talking to Shay. One, she, she talks to it in the interview. She's a really great listener, and she has this capacity to empathize with people. And so that is just fun to talk to as a talker. Uh, you might understand that if you know what I mean. But there is just this thing about that skill that shows up in their work. Like I said, they they are business owners of the Lettery Studio. They try and create resources, tools, work that gives people the words in a beautiful way to express things that maybe they can't. My sister-in-law, Jamie, you'll hear in the episode. So if you hear Shay say something about Jamie, it's not me. It's, it's my sister-in-law, which is confusing in our family also, just, just for your reference. But um, Jamie does the visual art and the, the fonts, the graphics, the, the stuff to make all of their work really really attractive visually, and Shay is the writer. Over time here, we've been doing a series about head, hands, and heart, and, and this kind of wraps up the idea um, because we, we speak to the creative process and how moving our hands through the creative process, whether that be, you know, and Shay speaks to it in writing, but creation is is a million things, right? And and art is is really multiple. And so, you know, that might be playing music, it might be painting, it might be photography, might be sculpture, whatever it might be, this process of creation moves our hands in a way that also connects to our to our spirit, to our soul, and makes us healthy. We talk about all of that and much, much more. They I think what's really cool about this is their business has transformed and and grown out of their need. If you're out there and you're going, how do I do this? How do I start? How do I develop something that serves people? Start with your own need. Figure out what thing might be most useful for you right now at this place in your life and say, how do I give this not only to myself, 
but to others. I think that's what they tried to do. And we talk to that. We speak to to that and much, much more. Shay McKibben, here we go. Shay McKibben, welcome to the podcast. Thank Excited you. to have you. We've been trying to do this for a little while. I'll explain all the craziness that that it took us to get here. But um, you are um, a good friend of my wife's and actually have a business with her sister. I, I've mentioned her sister, Jamie, once or twice on the show because she designed the logo oh, for perfect. my business. And at the same time, I'm not entirely certain what it is that you guys do all the time. I, I have broad strokes, but explain a little bit what you guys do as a business. This manifested life, like, right? It's kind of part of the process. I don't yeah. know. Go ahead. Yeah. Explain to me so I understand and the listeners understand that what we're talking about comes from a real place. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually, we have, we've done a, a whole business name change as well. Yeah. So we were this manifested life um, because we, we are very um, like rooted in the power of words and the importance of connection. And um, at the time when we were naming our business, we were like manifestation, that's very intentional process and all that stuff. So it made sense. And then as we kind of got clarity and what we were going to do and what we were going to try to, you know, serve people with and all this stuff that didn't really make much sense anymore. Um, and so we are now, um, the lettery studio and that comes from a little backstory. My parents went to college together and they, um, they lived across the quad from each other. And my dad um, decided that the letter Y was like the I and L and a Y all came together. So I love you all in one letter. So he would like trace the letter Y on his window at night. And so that was like, I love you between them. And then it just grew within my family. And then that expanded to my friend group. And so um, when we were trying to think of a new name, that was what we settled on. It was very fitting, very special, hidden meaning, but also made sense um, <clears throat> to what we were doing. But anyway, so yes, what we do is basically, like I said, we're just rooted we just really want to help people connect and be intentional with the way that they communicate with one another. So um, there's a few different ways we do that. One, um, we have what we call our keepsake cards. And so we try to give people the words that they can't find themselves for different situations. Um, you know, we did a lot of Mother's Day cards. We do a lot of sympathy cards, actually, which um, is very heartbreaking, but very um, rewarding at the same time, because, you know, it's a hard time to find words. And so we really, we hope to give people like an easy, um, but meaningful way to connect with one another through our cards. Um, we also help people write their wedding vows, because we believe that vows are like the whole foundation of your entire marriage, and they need to be intentional and personal. And then we help families create manifestos, which are basically affirmations, um, testaments to your family of what's important to you and goals that your family has. And then um, we have them printed on canvases that you can hang on your wall. So we have kind of little different spokes that we do, but it's all like rooted in the words and the importance of them. Absolutely. I, so the lettery studio, I've seen it everywhere. I just didn't realize that there was yeah. a full, full rebranding. Yeah. Full rebrand. That's, that's awesome. And <laughs> yeah. it makes sense. You know, um, I love, I knew the story of your parents because we were at your wedding and, yep. and it was told then. And, and I, I love how you speak to this idea of words. Right. And I think for, for what I do with mindset, right. It's, is directing your attention, directing your focus in a, in a variety of ways. And one of them that I work with athletes a lot on is the words that they tell themselves and how to then even, you know, you said you talk about manifestos being goals for your family or goals for your life to be able to have clear and defined and specific and intentional ways to access some of this stuff. It's, it's so relevant in what I do also, because yeah. as we set those goals, you know, like we want to, we want to then develop a process that has clear and intentional, like steps to access these things and, and to think about bringing that into your family's life just has tremendous power, you know, and then to talk about while well, we, we do sympathy and we do wedding vows and like these moments, these huge inflection points in your right. life that, yes. that matter 
we have a hard time gathering our thoughts around them. And so what's your role in developing those things? Because I I have some sense of what Jamie does. I've Mm -hmm. seen her working. I've seen, you know, like we live a feet away from each other. So we we end up at their house a lot and I see her doing things. What's your role in that process? Yeah. So I, I'm the writer. Um, I, we call it, we kind of refer to ourselves as the written storyteller and the visual storyteller. So Jamie, Jamie does all of our design, you know, making sure everything looks just beautiful and cohesive and all that stuff. And um, I, I write, so that's kind of that's been like a passion of mine for a long time is just, and it's, I think a little bit of a gift, which sounds kind of weird to say about yourself, but I will say that I do have a unique ability, I think, to take um, a perspective and put it into words um, and take hard situations or awkward situations and um, kind of work, work through them on paper and um, give something to somebody that's tangible that they can read. Um, and feel and kind of walk through that as well. Yeah, I I write quite a bit. I don't I don't always mm-hmm. identify as a writer. Mostly like mm, giant yeah. imposter syndrome stuff. Like oh, who sure. wants who wants to read anything you have written? It just yes. sounds like oh, it's super self involved or what? Because I mean, we only have one voice in a lot of ways, right? We only have the person that we are and the perspective that we have. So how do you take how do you take that? Like, I struggle with the identity of being a writer, I struggle with the fact that it's my voice trying to express this really powerful moment in someone yeah. else's life. Because I would I, I write a lot. And I feel like that would be a, a, a challenge. That's pretty yeah. big to overcome. Yeah, it is. You know, I think um, I read the word radical empathy once and that resonated so deeply with me um, because I do have the ability to, I've always been a very good listener. So um, I just, I love hearing people's stories and, um, you know, just this is going to sound calculated, but like pulling out of them, you know, the emotions that they might not be able to get to. just simply by listening and asking questions, because I think people, you know, they just want to be seen, they want to be heard, and they want to feel important. And so just by listening to people and giving that, um, that validation that like what they're saying matters to at least one person, um, I think is really important. And so in in that same regard, um, just using the experiences that I've had in my past and, you know, just listening to people, I think that that has allowed me to translate into putting myself into people's shoes. And like I said, thinking with that radical empathy of if this were me in this exact like situation, how would I be feeling? Like, what would I need somebody to say to me? And how can we give that to somebody who wants to say something, who wants to be there for somebody, but who's like, what do I say besides like, I'm sorry. Um, and so we write, you know, <clears throat> we try to write for the person who needs to send it, but also for the person who needs to receive it. So like sure. just really hitting on those points of, um, of connection, just allowing that stream, that, um, that river to flow between them. So how do you do that right for the sender? How do you get a sense of who they are and what they need in that moment? Are you guys doing interviews? Are you, is it email correspondence? Is it, I mean, is it not that personal even? Is it just kind of broad in general? Like how, walk me through that process. I'm so interested in how you try to land in somebody's shoes if you don't have a specific target. Yeah. Well, actually when, so as I've, as I've written every single card that I've written, I do have somebody specific that I'm writing to. Um, I might know them specifically. I might have heard their story, but it is very purposely written to a specific person. And I think that is what really resonates with more people because it's not just, um, you know, I'm sorry that you're going through a hard time with your sick kiddo. It's, it's knowing the feelings and, um, the the strife that this family is going through with this one specific person that then other people are like yes that's me because i think on a level like 
we all feel very similar in certain situations, you know? Um, and so it's like, if you speak to one, you speak to many. And so, yes, they're very much written with some very, very one person in mind. So talk to me about how you see that <clears throat> developing leaders, right? I think there's a world that you just, you said something that, that I said yes to before you finished your thought, because I've, as I work with teams, as I work with leaders, as I work with businesses, I, I just want to tell them like all the people are the same. All of your people are exactly the same. We had a, a guest on who we've actually replayed his episode. His name's Rob Lovejoy. And he, he said it, you're special. You're just not that damn different sort of right. thing. Like every person mm -hmm. has their special, unique experience. But most of us can empathize with that experience because we've gone through something approximate. We know that it's similar. How do you see that thing that you're talking about where you're directing the attention, the pointed attention at one idea or one person, and yet it translates bigger. How do you see that being, I don't know, able to translate to, to a leadership position, to a coach, to somebody in a, in a position like yours, a, a small business owner saying, I'm going to bring on some employees now, and I need to find ways to connect with them to, to have empathy for their story too. I think, yeah, I think it just in all aspects of life. And like I said, I mean, I literally just said this, but people just want to feel like they're important and it doesn't need to be in a big way. It just needs, they need to feel like their voice was heard or their thought was valid. Um, you know, they might be, it's like, it's just like a little kid, you know, like yeah. a little kid, you say, wow, that was really great. That's all I need. Like yeah. it could have been, they tied their shoes or they like picked up a toy. Like it doesn't need to be great. They just need to be like, okay, they noticed they noticed that about me. And I think, you know, those little moments of just allowing somebody to voice their thought, you know, really hear them. I think it's just really about listening, listening and just um, not, not trying to do anything with it. Even it's just listening, accepting, validating. And I think that's literally like in life, that's what we need. We need to be heard. We need to be seen and we need to be validated. And I think yeah. that's it. That's so good. I. It's frustrating how often we try to do something else. We try to fix, we try Always to fix. teach, we try mm -hmm. to change, you know, and honestly, like this podcast in my business is about that teaching, fixing, changing the suboptimal parts of our life, you know, and suboptimal parts of our performance. But I think it's powerful what you guys are, what you do because words matter, right? And the way that we think about things come from the words that we use. And so being able to input words and ideas into that is so, so powerful. I, I've been writing a lot recently for a variety of reasons. My process is a little different, I would guess, than everybody else's. But how do you get to putting words on the page? How do you get to like saying, this is a final draft? This is like, what does that look like? Because I think as you talk about being seen and validated and heard, us as creators, mm -hmm. as developers of some sort, need that same thing. And yet we do this in a vacuum in our own little private space. Uh -huh. And some of it is really like, I don't want to show you this because it's vulnerable and I'm, I want to protect this. How do you put it? How do you get first, get it on the page? Talk to me about your process of writing and then the fear transition to making it a public thing rather than a private thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I've kind of, I've, I've written, I've always just been able to write the way I feel. Um, and that is how I, that's just how I do it. I just, so like when I'm, when I'm writing really anything, I just write. I don't, you know, I put on my headphones and I put some music on and I just think about the scenario, the situation, who we're trying to connect with. And I just write like I was, you know, and a lot of times there's like stuff and cause and, you know, it's not grammatically even close, but it gets the thought on paper. Um, and then, so for, you know, for this, then Jamie comes in, she edits cause she's, she's very like soft and tender and thoughtful. And so I, I believe I am those things too, but she's just, 
I'm a bit louder about it and she's a bit softer about it. And so she comes in. I, and she, I understand that dynamic in yes. my marriage, right? Yes. I mean, I, I very much understand yes. what you're talking about. As you're saying this, I'm like, oh, that's Callie. That's my yes. Name. That's her too. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, so she puts like, you know, there's certain, even she'll like tweak a word and I'm like, yep, that's better. That's softer. So we are great, like team like that. Um, You know, but when I'm just writing for myself, as far as like getting over the vulnerability stuff, I just, it's been like anything that I've ever put out there um, that is very open and very like, I want to say raw, but, um, very personal. That is a hundred percent. The people, the thing that people resonate the most. Um, and I think because a lot of times we've kind of been like taught and directed not to say things like not to expose personal things, not to complain when things are hard. Um, you know, to kind of keep that in your private life, you know, keep that tucked away. Um, but like you said, we are all, we're all the same. And so when somebody takes that step and puts something hard into the world, that's where people are like, me too. Yeah. And so um, <clears throat> I have never had a, a negative kickback from putting anything personal like into the world. Um, and so I think that in and of itself is validating. And um, for me, it's just like, it, it's so gratifying if I can say something because I have the ability to say it and somebody else can resonate with it and it helps them because they can't, they don't know how to say it. So it's like, if I have to take the fall or you know be the one to put myself out there, if the people who, who aren't willing or aren't able to do that, can at least feel like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not like a terrible mom for getting angry for my, at my kid for being sick. And I'm not even angry at them. I'm just angry because the sickness is like so constant. You know, if, if I can say that and they can feel it and be like, okay, then like that, my job is done. So and when did you, when did you take that first step to put yourself out there? How long, I mean, social media has changed that capacity mm-hmm. 180 degrees right it's completely right. different than <clears throat> what it may have been mm-hmm. at a different time and so you talk about that like we were we've been conditioned by society or by our people right I, you know it's inconvenient for you to share your personal stuff right. mostly but then we have this this platform where maybe that's the only thing people are really looking to do actually is just to, you know for me i i'm pretty critical of social media in a lot of ways because I think it amplifies a lot of the wrong stuff. And at the same time, what I think the people, people want to use it for mostly is like, who's like me? It, it, it just, it takes the opportunity to find someone who's like you and it amplifies it. I mean, in orders of magnitude difference. Right. And so I know that you do share on social media and I know that I, like, I think back to you guys lived you guys kind of lived in an RV around the country with the newborn ish. Right. I mean, and you were sharing that story. Mm -hmm. Were you doing things like that before that? And how long ago did that all start and kind of walk us through that journey? Yeah. Um, I think, I think it really was like with the start of social media, um, because it was, you know, an audience, you know, before that it's like, I have a lot of things to say, but like, who do you say them to? So have you always written? Like, has this been an outlet for you or did that yeah. come later? Yeah, An outlet for sure. Um, Not, you know, not anything I did. Like I wasn't ever schooled in writing or um, I didn't like have a job in, in anything writing related. Um, It's just been more of an outlet for me. Um. <clears throat> It's a way, it's always been a way for me to just like work through my stuff. Um, I love talking to people. I love interacting with people, but it's not something that I like. I don't usually talk about my own stuff to other people. Like I said, I'm more of a listener. Um, And so writing it down, like, like, for example, and maybe TMI, but like when Blair and I have a discussion, or if there's something that I'm feeling, 
I'll hop on my phone and I'll just write it in my keep notes because that's my way of getting it out. And then uh, my way of processing through it so that I don't fly off the handle and be like, well, that blah, 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 you know, and like yeah. being a crazy person. It just, it, it's a way for me to just like get my stuff out, assess it, um, live with it, sit with it, kind of just let it marinate a little bit and then um, move forward with it or from it. Um, and so, like I said, with social media, it's such a double-edged sword. Oh, it's the, it's the sharpest of swords that could ever exist because it's so full of junk. It's so full of comparisons. And I look at it, you know, I scroll through my feed and I'm, we want to live in the mountains. Like that's where our hearts live. And I see all these mountain shots and I'm like, it just makes me feel bad because I'm not living in the mountains. And then I see all these other like beautiful homes and I'm like, makes me feel bad because we like, we're in the midst of a remodel. But then I come across this really powerful something that resonates with me so deeply. And I'm like, I wouldn't have gotten that if somebody else wouldn't have put that out there for me. So yeah, double-edged sword. Yeah, no doubt. And I think ah, I'm going to rant for just a second to to, like coaches, leaders out there, especially when working with young people, I think we have Mm -hmm. to teach them how to interact with these things because just like you spoke about you're i'm not going to reveal your age on the podcast but you are you are of an age where you have two young children you've been married for a while you have your own business you've done a lot of things you've traveled the country you have some wisdom and some discernment to be able to say oh that mountain shot is for us another day and yet at the exact same moment, you feel the need to compare and say, I'm not there right now. There's something wrong with me. When we are dealing with young people and young children, we have to, who've not yet had the wisdom of experience or not yet understood that my life is pretty good right here, right now. Your life is pretty good right here, right now. And yet, and yet, we want to say this other life is different and because it's different, it's better because it's something I long after it's better. We need, and I'm just going to go back to something you said five minutes ago. We need to continue to validate. We need to continue to listen. We need to continue to hear those people and give them space to express those same exact thoughts and then walk them back to, and your life is pretty good right now. We can still chase this thing another day. It doesn't have to define us that we're not this thing. I think that's the scary part is that we've just like handed kids a phone at eight and I, I don't use it. Well, that's a piece of technology. I still let use me rather, you know? And so mm-hmm. I just, I, it, the fear and I, I don't, I don't want to live in a fear place, but the fear is that we, we hand, an idea to a human being and say, figure it out. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, right. uh, I don't know. I go and stand beside them. Right. I think about, like you said to your kids or to a kid, oh, I see you. I see that that's going on with you. Awesome. I see that that's going on with you. That must be so hard. Like just go stand beside them and, and mm-hmm. let them know that they're, <clears throat> they're worth being, you know, their thoughts are worth being heard or seen. And I, I just, all of this is of a piece. I just don't know what the piece is yeah, all together yeah. right now. But, uh, you know, I, I, it's part of why I wanted to reach out and have the conversation with you because because I look at you as having kind of an extroversion, right? This I'm going to share it. I'm going to put it mm-hmm. out there. And at the same time, that that processing that you just spoke about, okay, we're in a discussion and I need to put it on paper before I can say it out loud. I, I see this thing on social media and I feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. How do you like, how do you balance that? Cause I, I feel some introversion in your processing and I feel, cause I'm this, this is me. I'm an extrovert and introvert. No, I'm an introverted and extrovert genes is what I've said before. My genetics are extroversion a hundred thousand percent, but I think my conditioning, my socialization is introversion where I process by myself. I process like out loud yes. <laughs> sometimes, but yeah, but on paper, whatever I need to write, I need to get to words. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you f- let that? I, I mean, I, even in the discussions with your business partner, the discussions with your spouse, the arguments, the challenges, mm-hmm. what does that look like? 
for those of us that might be similar. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, yes, you're saying everything exactly right. Um, processing for me is definitely an internal thing. And I don't know, so I'm an only child. So I don't know if that plays into my equation. Um, I had wonderful, like interactive parents growing up, but I also had a lot of alone time because there was no other, you know, kiddo to take to fill any of the space. So my, my processing was, you know, but I also was taught like to, not to fall in line by any means, but to take a moment, like to take a pause. Um, and I think that that idea of pausing is, is something that I value a lot. Um, and it's something, there's a book, it's called Bringing Up Bebe. It's a French parenting book. And they talk over and over about that idea of pausing. And I think that's such a valuable concept because it's so easy to react. It's in both lights, negatively and positively. Um, you know, and it's, I've, I've seen so much stuff even, um, where it's like, it's like a video circulating or whatever, but it's like, I don't want to be recognized for my resilience. I don't want to be told I'm so strong, you know, so positively reacting to somebody being like, Oh, like, how do you, I don't know how you do this or how you get through this. You're so strong. That's, that's not seeing them. That's not really standing. Like you said, I love that stand beside them, stand with them. That's not standing with them. That's standing in front of them, looking at them. And yes, you're validating these things that you think that they need to hear, but you're not really with them in that moment, understanding deeply, okay, what are they actually feeling? And so like I said, I think when, you know, when there's a situation that you're able to pause and just process in whatever way that whether that be writing or, you know, chatting with an outside person, um, whatever that looks like for you, I think there's so much value in that because it just allows you to think a little bit deeper um, versus just like that automatic off the cuff, like reaction. And so, yes, my processing is very internal. Um, I don't usually talk about things until I feel prepared to talk about them. Um, and like, I'm, I'm on the same page with myself as far as what I want to say, what I need to say, and what I think like might try to come out, but I don't really want to come out. (laughs) So I need to do that on the back end before I start firing stuff off on the front end. So how does the creative process, this process of writing, of expression, of, of putting something out into the world even help keep you healthy because I I hear some of what you're saying there and I think that there is almost a need of your person to Mm -hmm. be able to say okay not only am I going to have this outlet I want it to serve people I want to use this gift this capacity to have radical empathy and say I need to put it out there because that actually is the healthiest version of me so how does the like there's a creative expression that is necessary for our hands to feel like they're moving in the world, right? Mm -hmm. You know, head, hands, heart has been something that I've been speaking to, right? We have to get our head, hands, and heart in alignment. And hands can be a lot of things. It might be physical activity. It might be, you know, building something. But there is a creative expression that you're talking about with your hands that serves the health of your existence, your mind, your body, your soul. (laughs) What is that? What is that for you? How do you see that? How do you express that? I don't even know what the question is, but there's something. Yeah, it's, um, and so that's like the whole, the whole, this whole, so, but Jamie and I have said like forever that we, we want to do a business together. We want to do something together. We, in high school, we were, you know, going to start a band. We had the, the CD cover designed. We had our name all the things. Neither one of us had Not ever the music. played guitar. Yeah. Okay. Like, sure. Ever. So, you know, we were really going to go far. We were like, you know, Beyonce was like our goal anyway. So as we, have, <laughs> we, we just missed the mark, just really yes. a little bit. Um, but so we've always been like very, we, we always say that we could not be more the same and we could not be more different equally. Um, And so when we, when we started having kiddos, um, we had kiddos later, 
Um, and we said for a long time that it was because we were, we were selfish. Like we wanted, you know, we really wanted to be in the moment of our twenties and, um, you know, just experience life and, um, just be in that for a while. And then when we started to have kiddos, um, we did so, like I said, in just in order. And, um, we started to realize that it was really hard. And there were a lot of moments where it was, you feel so alone, you feel um, not unrecognized, but you feel, you start to, you lose yourself a lot. And what you gain is, is, is massive. And the, the version of you that comes from motherhood is unbelievable. But we wanted to do something to help connect moms. It all started from that. Um, because that was our need. That's our need um, right now. And so, you know, we just um, like, we just knew we needed to do something with our strengths. Jamie's is making beautiful things and mine is expressing through words. And so we just have, it has not been easy. This road has been long because we always, we always kind of had an idea of like, we wanted to, the, the way that people speak needs to be better. It needs to be more intentional. It needs to be kinder. Um, and we want to help people do that, but we didn't know how to get there with it. And so we've gone down a lot of different avenues and, um, in trying to strengthen and process and figure out our, our own creative processes and like how we can serve. And that's the thing that we always come back to. I think is like, we want, we just want the services that we offer, like, of course it's a business. We want to make money, but we want more so to serve other people. And that's what it all is based around. Like how can what we offer serve people who need that, who need that. And, um, so, you know, we just, um, it's for us. It's, it's selfish. Cause it, you, like you said, like as a creative person, you need to let that out. You need to get that into the world, you need to share it, you need to do it, you need to um, express it. And so um, that's kind of, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but that's just where we kind of try to live is like, how can we use our stuff to serve other people? Yeah, I I completely understand, right? I the, the parenting piece resonates and lands deeply in that, the creative piece lands deeply there. And like, I want to serve people. I want to help people that don't really know what they're missing. Yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, John and I in starting our business had, you know, like we, we talked forever. We want to be, we want to coach together. We want to be on the same staff together. We want to do this thing together. And as we evolved as people, we just realized, man, we were given some pretty cool gifts in our collegiate experience and the fact that we have each other and now we've pulled in other people that think similarly that continue to grow us like this is a cool thing that we have that the more i talk to people they don't have it you know they don't have this outlet that i have they don't have this set of experiences that i've had and how do we serve those people that that don't even know what they're missing right. yet in some ways you know i think about you know, my own, my own life growing up and how important it might have been to have someone else provide the words for me in so many places that I didn't understand, mm -hmm. you know, and this is, I am not someone who struggles with words as most of you out there know <laughs> and understand. And yet I feel like I'm searching from time mm -hmm. to time. And mm -hmm. so to provide that service, in the way that you guys do, I think is just, is just a really cool thing. And, you know, there needs to be more of that. There needs to be more of, of that expression of this is, this is who we want to be. And we're going to write it down and say it, and we're going to make it become what we want from our yeah. lives, you yeah, know, and, and, sure. and, and beyond that, like, how do we, how do we show up for people? Yes. How do we show up for people? I think that's what the cards are, right? I think that, that mm. those you know, moments, those foundational moments are how do we show up when we have no idea how, what yeah. would you say to people that, that maybe aren't going to like, I don't know, 
let's let's just imagine your audience is mostly men at this point in time. Like, let's just think about how we as a society have said men can't express in mm-hmm. some ways. Mm-hmm. How would you encourage? I don't know. Uh, send send some of the men out there to say it's okay to need words in moments where you don't have them. Like what? What do we do? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. Here's the thing. I think that, like you said, society has really told us that like, you know, guys don't talk as much or share their emotions or as much, but that doesn't mean that they're not there. Um, you know, and that, that makes me feel really sad because they're still, they're there. They're there just like mine are there, but they're told and taught and conditioned to just keep them away. So instead of, I mean, I I think of some of the most impactful things that have been said to me in my life, and they've come from men expressing um, just whether it be advice, thoughts, it's a different perspective. Um, And in those have, they, they stick with me. I mean, they've stuck with me my whole life. And so I guess to me, it's like breaking the norm of, I mean, you don't have to, to come out and be like, oh, really with your words, but you feel emotion and, and that shouldn't be quieted. Um, because it's, it's impactful. Like, I think it's more impactful probably coming from a man because it's not supposed to. And, um, and that's kind of, you know, that's like, guys are a perfect target for what we do because you want to say it, but you might not know how, and that's great. And that's fine. But like, you still want to say it, that still lives in, in there. And, um, I don't know. I just, I would love to break that norm of, of guys just saying the things that they're feeling, because I think that they, in some instances, I would even say that they feel stronger than women. I think women are feeling all the time so much so often. And I think that, um, you know, our feelings can kind of just like roll into one another, but I don't know. I feel like for guys, it's a little bit more segmented in how they feel. Um, and so like that, that segmented feeling has a lot of power to it. Well, and, and the thing that I think when I hear that, I read a book called, I don't, or I'm reading a book called, I don't want to talk about it by Terrence real. And it's about like kind of this silent male depression that exists in our world. And it's, it was written in 1997. So it's 25 years old. And it's just like, oh super like yes nothing has changed everything you're talking about is still real and it right. might even be magnified because of social media like we talked about but you talk about it being segmented and what i think is true and he says this wounded boys become wounding men you know what i mean and like the segmentation of our life is feelings generally carry a wound for men yes and when they come out they wound other men that is and, so or other hard. people and yeah. so like what you talk about that we have this like, Oh, keep it here. Keep it in this part of your life. Keep it <laughs> in this segment of space. And when we can't, it explodes out mm-hmm. in a way that wounds. And so I I'm, I'm just with you completely in that. Not stigma. That's not the word, right? Like we, we talk about on this show, mental health being, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A continuum. Uh, I, why am I? I'm just blanking. Anyway, but from fitness to path, like pathogen, right? To pathology, yeah. to disease, to fitness, right? And somewhere along the line, to be truly healthy mentally, we have to understand and manage and be aware of our emotions, not mm-hmm. keep them in a place that doesn't help us, right? So, towards mental fitness requires the capacity to understand, express, communicate our emotional well-being. Yeah. Also. And so find somebody that has the words and then just 
ape them, copy them, use them in whatever way you can. And then over time, you're going to, you're going to learn and grow and develop the capacity to say those things. And so um, what you're doing (laughs) in giving us words is a powerful gift. And so thank you for doing that. Thank you for serving us. Thank you for joining me to have this conversation. Thanks for having me. Because I, I was thinking about who's who's creative. I asked Jamie, obviously, because she's right next door and it would have been yeah. super convenient. And she's like, you should talk to Shay. And so, <laughs> so we got here over time. And I just think we don't have enough of these types of conversations as people. What what makes you tick? How does it work? What do you see in other people that can that can maybe grow us as a society? Absolutely. Where can we follow you? Where can we read what you write on social media. I know that you're involved. How can we, the people yeah. connect with what you do? Yeah. Um, our website is the Our Instagram is the same thing at the lettery studio. Um, we're on Facebook, but not as active on there just because, you know, Facebook yeah. feels a little dying, but, <laughs> um, yeah. It's slow death. I know, right? <laughs> Check them out, follow them. So happy that you could join me, Shay. Appreciate it. This has been awesome. Thanks again to Shay for joining me and having that conversation. It's, as always, I just have so many thoughts after these types of conversations because I'm challenged and I'm pushed forward to think about how I can do it better. There's there's a few things just about personal relationship. And I think in leadership specifically or in coaching specifically that we can learn from here, just listening and pausing two things. She spoke to listening and being a good listener and then pausing to allow time for our response to be appropriate. Not that our response is usually inappropriate, but to be able to say, I'm going to, validate your thoughts by taking time and chewing on them a little bit. And maybe that means I don't respond right away. I, in our world, we are, we are pushed towards giving someone an immediate answer. That leads to, to a second thought that I had. She talked about not standing in front of someone and telling them how they're feeling or telling them what to do with those feelings but rather to stand beside and to let them work through it. I love the idea, you know, and I'm a parent of young children also. So it really landed with me as she talked about people want to be seen, heard and told that what they're doing is important or that they are important. They want to be validated. And she talked about how you do that with little children and that all of us just want the same thing. We stand beside our, our young people often to let them figure it out because we know that there's a growth process coming. We assume when we're working with adults or our peers that they should have it figured out, that they should know. And so when we stand in front of them and just tell them and direct them and move them, we don't validate them. We don't see them. We don't hear what they're actually saying. This was my big, big takeaway is that we have to do this seeing and hearing and validating, not just for our kids and for maybe the the types of children that we work with in our jobs, but also for all of us to say to everyone, I see what you're going through and I hear the challenges that you're facing and I don't need to fix them right now. I just need to be here with you. And in time, we can take steps together if that's what you want to move towards better. If we're here to do this in community, how do we create community? It starts by seeing and hearing. It starts by validating. It doesn't start by being the person who knows it all. At times, I fall into that trap. I, I want to be the expert. I want to be the person who has the answer. It was challenging for me to hear that, just see people, just hear what they're saying and what they're going through. 
And then the part that all this comes back to is like, how do we as artists, as creative people, allow emotion to come through in that? How do we as leaders and coaches and and people that are trying to get the most or the best out of our our charges also allow them to express themselves? Shay said it that some of the most powerful moments she had, the most powerful things that have ever been said to her, it came from men. For us men out there that are are struggling to connect emotionally to something or to or have something that we're feeling but not willing to say it. Take advantage of resources like this to learn how to say it, to figure out what it looks like, to say the thing that we need to say after so after the pause. What do we need to say then? When we start to figure that stuff out, when we start to emote clearly, and specifically, and that those things don't come out and wound others, we have a chance to take our leadership, our world, our, our relationships to the next level to grow and deepen our community. What a cool conversation. Check them out through their Instagram, through their website, the Lettery Studio. It's awesome stuff. Thank you guys for joining me, for being a part of this community. If you find value, please share, rate, review, subscribe so others can find it too. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me, eyesupmindset.com. Check us out or just send me an email at eyesupmindset at gmail.com. We're going to try and continue to grow us here, to listen, to see each other, to validate our needs, that what we bring here is important. Thanks for continuing to do this with us. And as always, live eyes up.